Impeachment is about cleansing the office. Oh, hello, 1999 Lindsey Graham. I remember you. Impeachment is about restoring honor and integrity to the office. I see. Which office, by the way? I got the feeling that something right. President? I'm so scared Attorney General? I fall off my chair. Take your pick. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with Here you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in From the middle Pacifica with Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. We are heard in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids, WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle's KODX, Goldendale, Washington's KVGD, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, amongst others, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me just documenting the end of the world from <laughs> bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. That chuckle you heard was the delightful Desi Doyen, who joins me as usual. Good day, Desi. Good day. Let's uh, let's start here with this piece from Politico, which I think may give you a chuckle. Uh, it gave me one. It was tweeted out by our friend Heather Digby Parton as the funniest headline of the day from Politico. Headline, moderate Democrats fret. They made a big mistake backing Barr. Oh, boy. <laughs> What was your first clue? Yes, well, it takes them a while. Three Senate Democrats voted for who voted for William Barr to be attorney general. But now at least two of them say they might have made a big mistake. Might have? After revelations that special counsel Robert Mueller took issue with Barr's presentation of the Russia investigation findings, a pair of so-called centrist Democrats said they are having second thoughts about having supported Barr's confirmation earlier this year. Weird. Who could have predicted this? If only someone had warned them, like, say, everybody. Senator Doug Jones of Alabama, who is the most vulnerable Democratic senator up for re-election next year, said he is, quote, greatly, greatly disappointed in what I am seeing in the attorney general. While Barr did follow through on releasing a redacted version of the Mueller report after a full month and after he repeatedly misrepresented it to the public, 
He did release it, and he did not quash the investigation, writes Politico, at least that we know of so far. We shall see if that holds up to be true. But now Jones has uh, much deeper concerns. He said, I thought he would bring this institutional stability to the Department of Justice and not be the president's personal lawyer. Where did he get that idea? And he seems like he is moving and has moved toward a less independent role, Jones said in an interview. Seems like, seems like he's moving, moving. He said that bothers me for the 12 remaining investigations out there. Uh, Yeah, it should, Senator. He's referring to the 12 remaining investigations. Actually, there's 14, but we uh, there are uh, 12 that we don't know what they are. Uh, that are referred to but redacted from the uh, Mueller report that were uh, referred to other federal prosecutor offices around the country. We have no idea what those investigations are. One of them is thought to be the investigation into the uh, Donald Trump uh, inaugural fund. But anyway, we don't have any idea about who is being looked into and for what. But whatever they are, they will be overseen by Trump's I think it's fair to call him now Trump's personal fixer. Indeed. A.G. Bill Barr, who has proven to be a fantastic cover-up artist for the president himself. And, uh, well, on Tuesday in his, um, I'm sorry, Wednesday in his uh, U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee testimony, uh, Barr was asked several times if he would either recuse himself from those other investigations or at least seek an opinion from career ethics officials at DOJ whether he should recuse himself. And each time he said, nope, no, he would not. Thank you very much. Without the thank you very much, of course. And now, now, Doug Jones is finally concerned about that. Asked whether he regretted his vote for Barr, Jones replied, quote, I'm getting close to that. I haven't said that yet, but it sure is so disappointing. I'm getting close. You might want to check tomorrow, he said, after he reviews the uh, the the uh, Wednesday hearing, I guess. Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, who also initially supported Barr, said if Mueller issues if if Mueller's issues with Barr prove out, quote, Absolutely, I have buyer's remorse, said Manchin. I would have made a big mistake. Well, add it to the list, Senator. <laughs> I mean, you think that guy would be pretty full up with buyer's remorse by now, but, you know, Joe Manchin. Uh, he said he will lean on Senate Judiciary Chair Lindsey Graham to bring Mueller in for a hearing, though Graham has said he has no plans to do so. Manchin told Politico, quote, it's troubling. Absolutely. The difference between the interpretation between what Mueller really meant and what he intended. And he thought that uh, Barr didn't present it properly, that Mueller thought that uh, Barr didn't present his findings properly because he didn't. uh, Manchin said and Barr said he basically did represent properly. Manchin said, we got to get that cleaned up, and I would encourage my friend Lindsey Graham to bring Mueller in as quickly as possible to do so. Hey, Joe, your friend Lindsey Graham has no interest at all in bringing Mueller in, quickly or otherwise. Here's what Graham told reporters after the fiasco hearing on Wednesday with Bill Barr in Chairman Graham's Senate Judiciary Committee. Why not call for Mueller to testify? Because I'm not going to do any more 
enough already. It's over. If there's any dispute about a conversation, then he'll come. But I'm not going to retry the case. I'm not calling McCann. It is over. It is over, says Lindsey Graham, and he walked away from the reporters. That's it. He doesn't want to hear any more about this. He's got it all figured. It's all settled. All the questions are answered. There's nothing more to know here. Mind you, this is the same Lindsey Graham who, how many Benghazi hearings did this jerk participate in? How many hearings of Bill Clinton went back when Lindsey Graham was in the House and working on impeachment of that president? How many hearings did he take place? Uh, did he uh, take part in back then? Little reminder, here's Lindsey Graham, 1999, talking about exactly that. So the point I'm trying to make is you don't even have to be convicted of a crime to lose your job in this constitutional republic. If this body determines that your conduct as a public official is clearly out of bounds in your role. Because impeachment is not about punishment. Impeachment is about cleansing the office. Mm. Impeachment is about restoring honor and integrity to the office. Ah, somebody could use some honor, integrity uh, restored to their office. That was Congressman Lindsey Graham back in 1999 on the floor of the U.S. House during the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Senator Lindsey Graham, however, chair of the U.S. Senate Gen uh, Judiciary Committee, seems to have a different feeling now about all of this, well, about times cleansing change. the People office. Change. Yes, apparently. Lindsey Graham has uh, changed very much. By the way, Lindsey Graham was the same guy who was uh, calling Donald Trump a crackpot and unfit for office during the 2016 campaign. Not anymore. The third Democrat who supported Barr at his uh, confirmation hearing just weeks ago is Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. She has now requested a meeting with Bill Barr about the discrepancies between his view of the special counsel's report and the special counsel's view of the special counsel's report that, according to an aide, uh, speaking to Politico, uh, well, that meeting, that should clear everything up, Kirsten. I'm sure he'll uh, make you feel better about having voted for him, voted for the cover-up artist and fixer for Donald Trump, someone who was known to be a cover-up artist when you voted to approve him in the first place, Senator. Commenting on this uh, political piece today, our friend uh, uh, Heather Digby Barton observed that uh, so-called red state Democrats always think they will somehow benefit from votes like this, and they never do. Jones and Cinema are up for re-election. Actually, only Jones is up for re-election. Cinema won last year, and she won't be up for uh, re-election for another six years. But she voted for Barr anyway for some reason. So uh, Jones is up for re-election, and Manchin, writes Digby, is just Manchin. Yep. But the only way they will keep their seats, she says, in 2020 or any other time is if Democrats win a decisive victory. They certainly won't win because they voted with the Republicans for William Barr. To wring their hands about it now is just silly, she writes. Well, it is always silly for these Democrats who think somehow they will appeal to Republicans in these states or any other states by these sorts of votes. Vote for what is right and see if you are rewarded. Sometimes you will be. Sometimes you will not be. 
but you will always be able to sleep a hell of a lot better at night. Just ask, uh, oh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who Joe Manchin also voted for. How you feeling about that one, Joe? Feeling fine about that? Any buyer's remorse to add to your list or you're cool? Give it some time. For the record, uh, Doug Jones uh, did have the courage to vote against Brett Kavanaugh, at least. Uh, Cinema was not yet in the Senate. As to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, I don't know if she's having uh, second thoughts, buyer's remorse about tamping down what seems to be an inevitable, unavoidable impeachment of this president. But she is whistling a very different tune today, at least when it comes to Bill Barr. So that is good, at least. On Thursday morning during a press conference on Capitol Hill, Pelosi accused General Bill Barr, Attorney General Bill Barr of committing a crime by lying to Congress in the weeks following the completion of special counsel Robert Mueller's report. What is deadly serious about it is the Attorney General of the United States of America was not telling the truth to the Congress of the United States. That's a crime. That is a crime. Asked later uh, in that conference if she believes that Barr uh, actually committed a crime, Pelosi replied, He lied to Congress. He lied to Congress. If anybody else did that, it would be considered a crime. Uh, Nobody is above the law, not the President of the United States and not the Attorney General. Being the Attorney General does not give you uh, a bath to go say whatever you want, and it is the fact because you are the Attorney General. Actually, uh, being President of the United States apparently does put you above the law. The President did commit crimes. They are detailed in Robert Mueller's report. And since for some reason the Department of Justice thinks a President of the United States cannot be indicted for some ridiculous reason, and by the way, House and Senate Judiciary Committees, please hold hearings into that into that ridiculous guideline from the DOJ. Well, we know Lindsey Graham ain't going to do it, at least not while there's a Republican president in the White House. But uh, So he won't do that in the Senate judiciary. But in the House judiciary, why not hold hearings on that very issue? So, yeah, so far the president is above the rule of law despite what Nancy Pelosi says there. And uh, maybe so is the attorney general. We will see. It all depends on what Democrats decide to do and if they decide to bring at least some accountability in the House for, yes, the president, Madam Speaker, and the attorney general. When uh, she was asked if Bill Barr should go to jail, Pelosi said that, quote, there is a process involved here, unquote, and that the committees will determine how to proceed. Now, I'd hope to speak to uh, someone today about that process, Uh, someone who should know it very well. He was not able to make it today, but if the radio gods are with us, we will try to have that conversation on our next thrilling broadcast. Because, yes, there is a process here, and yes, the attorney general... uh, could face very serious consequences for both lying to Congress... And, well, for all manner of cover-up here in what he seems to be doing on behalf of the president of the United States. Of course, that can only happen if Democrats get serious about this and stop pulling their punches. 
Pelosi also said that the administration's refusal to respect subpoenas by a House committee is, quote, very, very serious. And she noted that ignoring congressional subpoenas was one of the articles of impeachment against former President Richard Nixon. Good. I'm glad she did notice. She did not specify what statements from Barr that she considered to be lies, but she was likely referring to the attorney general's testimony to Congress back in early April that he was uh, that he was unaware of how Mueller viewed Barr's March 24 letter summarizing the report. He had no idea. He didn't know. He was asked about it. What does what does Mueller think about the way you've characterized uh, this uh, this 448 page report that took two years to put together that you in two days decided exonerated the president somehow of crimes? And when Barr was asked about that, well, he kind of made stuff up back uh, at a hearing, for example, on April 9, Florida Congressman Charlie Crist asked Barr under oath about reports that members of Mueller's team believed that he had failed to adequately portray their findings in that four-page memo that Barr initially put out. A month before the full report was put out, Chris asked at the hearing, do you know what those uh, what they are referencing with that? Barr responded, no, I don't. Well, yes, he did. Democrats have raised questions about that testimony since it was revealed this week that Mueller had, in fact, written Barr two weeks earlier on March 27, complaining that the attorney general's memo did not fully capture the context, nature and substance of his work. Barr said on Wednesday, under oath again at that Senate Judiciary hearing, that his answer was not misleading several weeks earlier because he had been in touch with Mueller rather than members of Mueller's team. So you get that, that little bit of slippery difference in the words directly with Mueller versus these and yeah. not these reports about members. Who are they? Who yeah, because he has. Do you, how was, uh, how do the, why are the members of Mueller's team uh, saying these things? Oh, I don't know. I didn't talk to them. I have no idea what his team had to say. That's not misleading at all. I've heard uh, from uh, Robert Mueller himself in two different letters and we spoke on the phone and he was always unhappy about what I was saying, but his team, who knows what they're thinking. The Justice Department uh, quickly hit back after Pelosi's accusation that Barr had committed a crime. Justice Department spokesperson Kerry Kupik said in a statement, Speaker Pelosi's uh, baseless attack on the attorney general is reckless, irresponsible and false. That coming from the Department of Justice about the attorney general Lying to Congress. Uh, what basis? Sure. What basis does she have for such a reckless, irresponsible and false attack on our upstanding attorney general? Nothing. None. None at all. She's got nothing. No basis for that. Just ask the folks, for example, over at Fox News. They'll agree with you. Oh, wait. Maybe you shouldn't ask them because even someone at Fox News is calling out Bill Barr. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's Shepard Smith again. The only guy <laughs> over at Fox News willing to call out uh, this uh, BS. Uh, believe it or not, it is not Shep Smith. 
Fox News host Chris Wallace sought to set the record straight on Wednesday, urging Fox viewers not to take, quote, opinion people, even those on his own network, at face value in regard to their commentary, essentially trying to cover up special counsel Robert Mueller's letter to Attorney General Bill Barr. Wait, what? Chris Wallace said what? You know, I know there are some people who don't think that this, this March 27th letter uh, is a big deal. And, uh, uh, you know, some opinion people, some opinion people who appear on this network, oh, yeah? who? who may be pushing a, a political agenda. Hannity. But, you know, we have to deal in facts. And, and the fact is that this letter from the special counsel, and it was one of at least three contacts with the uh, attorney general, between uh, March 25th and March 27th was a clear indication that the Attorney General was upset, very upset, with the uh, letter that had been sent out by the Attorney General and wanted it changed or wanted it at least added to, and the Attorney General refused to do so. He felt the Attorney General's letter was inaccurate. He, he says in the conversation, he was talking about media coverage, that's not what he said in the letter. What he says in the letter is you didn't reflect what we found in the report. Uh, and there are a lot of people having read now the full report, or as much as it has been not redacted, uh, you know, agree that he didn't uh, reveal what was fully in the report. Again, those aren't opinions. That's not a political agenda. Those are the facts. Facts? What? What? On Fox News? Uh, now, you don't have to deal with facts, Chris Wallace. You work for Fox. What is he thinking? Uh, but, yeah, that was Chris Wallace on Fox News saying, yeah, this is a big deal. His take, of course, varies hugely from uh, the uh, pretty much everyone else on Fox News. Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson. Uh, Laura Ingram called the uh, the letter from Bill Barr a, quote, non-story. And uh, with all of that pressure, even from Fox News of all places, courageous straight shooter, nothing to hide, institutionalist, only concerned about the rule of law, Attorney General Bill Barr somehow failed to show up for a hearing in the U.S. House Judiciary Committee on Thursday because he is a coward, I guess, as AP reports. Attorney General Bill Barr skipped a House hearing Thursday on Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Trump-Russia report, escalating an already acrimonious battle between Democrats and Donald Trump's Justice Department. Barr's decision to avoid the hearing made after a disagreement with the House Judiciary Committee over questioning came the day after the department also missed the committee's deadline not just a deadline, but a subpoena, a legal subpoena to provide it with a full unredacted version of Mueller's report and its underlying evidence, which, by the way, Bill Barr, we learned on uh, Wednesday, never bothered to examine. In all, writes AP, it's likely to prompt a vote on holding Barr in contempt and possibly the issuance of subpoenas bringing House Democrats and the Trump administration closer to a long uh, battle in court. Democrats convened a short hearing this morning that included an empty chair with a place card set for the absent bar. Committee chair uh, Gerald Nadler of New York said that if the attorney general does not provide the committee, quote, with the information it demands, 
and the respect that it deserves. Mr. Barr's moment of accountability will come soon enough. Well, I would say soon enough is not soon enough. Nadler opened the hearing by slamming Barr's, quote, lack of candor before other committees, before moving on to a list of Barr's many failures, including not checking, quote, the president's worst instincts. And that's a tough call to make. The president's worst instincts? Which ones would those be? And in fact, uh, it's not one of it's not a that's not a failure of Barr's. That's actually one of his uh, his successes, Congressman. Uh, he also, uh, Nadler, also attacked uh, Barr for attacking special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. He has failed to check the president's worst instincts. He has not only misrepresented the findings of the special counsel, he has failed to protect the special counsel's investigation from unfair political attacks. He has himself unfairly attacked the special counsel's investigation. He has failed the men and women of the Department of Justice by placing the needs of the president over the fair administration of justice. He has even failed to show up today. That was Jerry Nadler, House Judiciary Chair uh, of the House Judiciary Committee chair. He added that he would uh, move quickly to hold Barr in contempt if he refused to negotiate in quote, good faith. But as AP reports, it's unclear whether Barr will eventually negotiate an appearance with the House panel at all, in good faith or otherwise. Why would he? He was already supposed to appear today. He declined once the committee voted to allow staff counsel from both the majority and the minority to ask questions of the attorney general, along with uh, members at the hearing. Because I guess the nation's top law enforcement officer and chief attorney can't ask, uh, can't answer questions from other attorneys. Really? Is uh, I wonder why is he? Uh, is it because he's a liar, or is it because he's a coward and he doesn't want to answer questions from actual attorneys? Why choose one? Why not both? <laughs> both can go. be true, especially yeah. after you saw what a seasoned prosecutor like Senator Kamala Harris was able to extract from him in the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings on Wednesday. Yeah, she was all right. She was all right, she but was she was right. better than the rest of well, them. Well, she and, was better than the rest of them. And she was able yeah. to extract some surprise things from him. Uh, if he is uh, telling the truth, however, why would he be concerned about answering any attorney's anybody's questions, attorney or otherwise? Exactly. What does he have to fear? That's his job. Nadler said he would not, however, immediately issue a subpoena for Barr's appearance. Don't know why. Don't know why they didn't vote on it then and there in front of the empty chair that Barr was supposed to amply fill. But that uh, Nadler said he would first focus on getting the full Mueller report from Barr, likely then including a vote that would hold Barr in contempt of Congress. At uh, Barr's no-show hearing today, Democratic members of the committee had some fun with the spectacle. They passed around fried chicken. And they placed a prop chicken by Barr's unused micro uh, microphone to underscore their contention that he was afraid to appear. One lawmaker jokingly looked under the desk to make sure that Barr was not there. <laughs> Republicans, however, were not amused by the antics or Nadler's tough talk, reports the Associated Press. Well, meh, it wasn't that tough. A vote on contempt, as I said right then and there, that might have been uh, seen as tough. 
I believe that these Democrats still, for all of this uh, tough talk, I think they're still bringing a dull plastic butter knife to an assault rifle style gunfight with people like uh, Donald Trump and Bill Barr, who I heard uh, referred to uh, Bill Barr as Donald Trump with a brain. Oh, boy. That sounds about right. But they're Democrats, so this is going to take them some time. Take them some time to notice. Take some, them some time to get enough buyer's remorse to actually bring some accountability. Am I right, Joe Manchin and Doug Jones and Kirsten Cinema? In the meantime, uh, more tough talk from a number of 2020 Democrats who are now calling on Barr to resign. That's good. Following Wednesday's Senate Judiciary testimony from a very snitty Bill Barr, that's actually the word that he used to describe Bob Mueller's letter pleading with him to release at his report's executive summaries. And can we talk about how unusual it was for Mueller to actually write down and memorialize his concerns to Barr directly rather than just calling his old friend on the phone? And, you know, apparently he did it twice. Apparently there is another letter that was written the day, I think, either the day of or the day after Barr had put out his initial four page memo. Uh, he wrote another letter saying, uh, no, this is what we want you to put out. We haven't seen that other letter. We've only seen one of them, as I understand it. That's why. Uh, but it was reported yesterday that there were two letters. We've only seen one of them. And then that phone call after the second one. In any event, uh, let's see. Where are we here? Uh, the senators. Yeah, the senators who are now uh, calling for Bill Barr to resign. Uh, according to TPM, they gathered some of these uh, folks who are running for president in 2020 to get their thoughts on this and the widespread outrage among Democrats. So here are some of the 2020 Democratic hopefuls calling for Barr now to resign or to be impeached following that hearing. So this is uh, some of these are today. Some were yesterday. Senate Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York said uh, she tweeted Attorney General Barr needs to resign Today, he's proven once again that he's more interested in protecting the president than working for the American people. We can't trust him to tell the truth. And these embarrassing displays of propaganda have to stop. Senator Kamala Harris, member of the Judiciary Committee herself, uh, we shared on yesterday's show uh, that how she ha exposed the fact that Barr had not even examined the evidence from the Mueller report before declaring that Trump committed no crimes, despite at least 10 different instances of obstruction of justice that are detailed in Mueller's report. Kamala Harris tweeted just after the hearing, quote, what I just saw from Attorney General is unacceptable. Barr must resign now. Former HUD Secretary Julian Castro said, quote, the attorney general is not above the law. If William Barr does not voluntarily step down after deceiving the public and lying under oath, Congress should begin an impeachment inquiry. Oh, now there's an idea, an impeachment inquiry of, yes, the attorney general. It's not just the president who can be impeached. The president or any of his executive uh, staff may also be impeached. And if you're afraid to impeach the president, uh, how about uh, training wheels by impeaching the attorney general for lying to Congress or anything else? Take your pick. 
Uh, Castro, I should note, uh, is, I believe, one of the few presidential candidates who has also called for the impeachment of Trump as well, if I'm remembering that correctly, uh, though not nearly as clearly as Elizabeth Warren has when it comes to the calling for the impeachment of the president. Former Vice President Joe Biden, he was asked by a reporter if he thought Barr should resign. He said yes. Senator Cory Booker, also on the Senate Judiciary Committee, tweeted, Attorney General Barr answers to the American people, not to President Trump. And over the past 24 hours, it's become clear that he lied to us and mishandled the Mueller report. He needs to step down. Former Congressman Beto O'Rourke of Texas said Barr has failed in his responsibility to our country. He is not fit to serve as attorney general and should resign. Desi Doyen, uh, you'll also have a little bit more on both uh, Cory Booker and Beto O'Rourke in your Green News report coming up a little bit later <laughs> yes, today. I will. It's uh, a bit more positive, luckily. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, of course, uh, we also shared uh, yesterday from Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts. She had tweeted uh, before, I think, even before Mueller's dismal appearance in the Senate on Wednesday. She had tweeted, A.G. Barr is a disgrace and his alarming efforts to suppress the Mueller report show that he's not a credible head of a federal of federal law enforcement. He should resign. And she added, and based on the actual facts in the Mueller report, Congress should begin impeachment proceedings against the president. Thank you again, Senator, for that uh, clear position on what any honest person who is not watching Fox News should be able to understand by now. Uh, or anyone who is not frightened and, uh, you know, proceeding in politics, proceeding in 2020 by playing defense. That's not how you win. That's not how Republicans win. Um Playing defense, however, is how Democrats tend to lose. So uh, anyway, uh, thank you very much for that, Senator Warren. And uh, by the way, after she called for impeachment uh, last week, she shot up in the polls amongst the now 21 Democrats who are vying for the 2020 nomination. That's 21 since today Colorado Senator Michael Bennett announced that he, too, was joining the race for the nomination, becoming the seventh U.S. senator to vie for the 2020 nomination. Good luck, Senator. You got your work cut out for you there. And so does the rest of the field, particularly given the voting systems that will once again be used next year, which even Donald Trump's own FBI director is now warning about. And so is Another former U.S. senator who ran for president, who happened to run for president against Donald Trump in the past. That would be Hillary Clinton. All of that and more, including Desi Doyen and the Green News Report, with more on Booker, Beto, and other things. All of that is straight ahead on today's action-packed broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. This is your FBI. Yes, it is. Welcome back to the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your FBI. Love that. Uh, this is your FBI. FBI Director Christopher Ray. This is Donald Trump's FBI Director. Said on Friday, I've been trying to get to this for a while, <laughs> that the 2018 midterm elections served as a quote dress rehearsal for Russia's election interference. Slated to be aimed uh, at the 2020 presidential election. So uh, the 2018 midterm, we're not even talking about 2016. We're talking about 2018. He calls that a dress rehearsal. And just to be clear, this is Donald Trump's FBI director, the one that he chose to replace Jim, uh, Jim Comey after Trump fired him. Trump's FBI director is warning that 2018 was a dress rehearsal for the 2020 presidential election for Russian election interference. Uh, I don't know if he's right or not. I'm just telling you what Donald Trump's FBI director said. Speaking at the Council on Foreign Relations, the FBI director said that Russian operatives and other, other foreign agents are, quote, adapting to the efforts the U.S. intelligence community is taking to secure America's election systems. Ray said, uh, quote, I think on the one hand, enormous strides have been made since 2016 by all the different federal agencies, state and local election officials, the social media companies, etc. But I think we recognize that our adversaries are going to keep adapting and upping their game. And so we're very much viewing 2018 as just kind of a dress rehearsal for the big show in 2020. Uh, now, mind you, I don't necessarily agree with what Ray is saying here uh, on a number of levels. Certainly uh, the notion that state and local election officials have made enormous strides uh, to keep interference by uh, Russia or other foreign agents or anyone else from uh, interfering in our elections. But this is what Donald Trump's FBI director is warning officials at the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have touted the Trump administration's efforts to secure election systems and combat interference from other countries in recent months. Uh, and yet, curiously enough, nobody ever went back despite these claims that uh, they've they've taken efforts to you know strengthen. Nobody ever went back to check the ballots and the voting systems and the tabulators and the servers 
from the 2016 election, as we have been reporting over and over and over for the last two and a half years. We may be the only people who have been only media outlet on all of your airwaves, public cable and otherwise to tell you that. And this was finally confirmed, yes, yet again, by the Robert Mueller report just over a week ago that they did not go back and look at those servers from 2016. They were leaving it to other agencies like the DHS and the DHS has admitted back in June of 2017, Jeanette Manfra in the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, that no, they never went back and looked at those 2016 servers. But also, as far as I know, there's no public evidence that they even did the same thing about checking the machines for 2018 either. The, oh, oh, that they checked the servers at that point uh, yeah. to check, make sure, or count ballots or make sure that the results were right? No, of course they didn't. They never do. They never do. And we are quickly making things worse before 2020. Uh, with these new systems that are coming in. Uh, in in January, uh, Yahoo News notes the director of DHS's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency told Congress that the government was, quote, light years ahead of its capabilities in 2016. Do you believe that? Uh, if so, why are they allowing jurisdictions from the state of Georgia to the state of Delaware to Philadelphia in the swing state of Pennsylvania to counties in Ohio and Texas and Iowa? And yes, right here in the largest voting jurisdiction in the country, Los Angeles County. Why are they allowing them? Why are they not decrying the fact that uh, all of those places I just mentioned are turning to all new 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen ballot marking devices before the 2020 election? I mean, if these people were serious, they would uh, tell all of these jurisdictions, no, only hand marked paper ballots can be kept secure from cyber threats whether they come from outsiders like Russia or insiders like election officials and voting machine company employees and programmers who have direct access to these systems who can change results in states like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Michigan. And the only way you'd ever find that out is if you did a forensic examination of those systems. And only then maybe would you find out. But we don't do that. We didn't do it in 2016. We didn't do it in 2018. And we won't do it in 2020. Want to bet? Uh, so they may be light years ahead of where we were in 2016. But honestly, that ain't saying much. And yes, I can uh, make the case that, frankly, things are worse off in uh, will be in 2020 than they were in 2016 if we continue on the path that we're on. For example, out here in Los Angeles, it was uh, reported over the past week. However, I think we covered it last week um, on Thursday that uh, former Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen was warned by the White House, by White House aides, not to discuss the matter at all, not to discuss election security at all with President Trump who has frequently downplayed Russia's election meddling efforts, I should say alleged election meddling efforts in 2016. And therefore, Nielsen was uh, not allowed to convene a cabinet level meeting on election security and cybersecurity for 2020, despite re reportedly trying to do so uh, for many months and being told that Trump just did not want to hear it because he associates any conversation 
about cybersecurity concerns regarding Russia as delegitimizing his 2016 victory for some reason. I would say for good reason. Hillary Clinton, you may recall her, uh, who also ran in 2016. And by the way, Hillary Clinton uh, did not call for recounts after 2016, after that most shocking election surprise, that very close election in which had just two voters in each precinct voted for her. Or I should say had the voting systems registered two votes for her instead of for Donald Trump in each precinct in just those three states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, Hillary Clinton would have been the president now. Uh, but she never bothered to check. Jill Stein had to try and uh, ask for, seek a recount and a forensic investigation. She was turned down in all three states. Uh, but in any case, uh, maybe she's learned something, Hillary Clinton. She was on Rachel Maddow on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, and, well, had this to say. I've met with most of the candidates mm -hmm. uh, who are running this time and answer their questions. And I always tell them, you know, you can run the best campaign. You can be the person who gets the nomination. But unless we know how to protect our election from what happened before and what could happen again because there's greater sophistication about it, you could lose. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean it to scare anybody, but I do want every candidate to understand that this remains a threat. That they could lose at the hands of a foreign power, not yes. that they could lose fair and square. That's right. That it wasn't on the level. It wasn't on the level in 2016. It could be, once again, not on the level because we have never really understood as much as we need to. And I think the Mueller report didn't go there. That mm -hmm. wasn't what they thought their charge was. And since there's no, you know, like 9-11 commission to figure out what it is that happened, so how we prevent it should be the priority of everyone, I worry a lot that there's a greater sophistication. They've learned some things that they now are going to deploy against us. And us means the country, not just Democrats. Hillary Clinton speaking to Rachel Maddow on MSNBC on Wednesday night. Uh, what do we call her? Uh, Madam Secretary? Yes. Uh, Madam Senator? I don't know. You what call we her call Madam her. Secretary now. All right. Let me call her Hillary Clinton. Hey, Hillary, <laughs> you should scare everybody. She says she doesn't want to scare anybody. You should scare anybody. You should scare everybody about this. And not just because of foreign interference, but also domestic interference. She says, unless we know how to protect our elections, we know how to protect our elections. Hand marked paper ballots will protect our elections. And yet she's not out there calling for those as far as I know. I know the House has passed a bill, H.R. 1, which would allow everyone in America to cast a vote on a hand marked paper ballot. But there's all of these concerns. They say they are concerned. Um we have answers. We know what to do about it. I have been telling you what we can do about it for the last 15 years. You know, if people just listened to me in the first place, we wouldn't be in all of these problems. <laughs> I warned them about Donald Trump. I warned them that he could win back when everyone thought, oh, Donald Trump will never win. I was saying, yes, he very much could win. 
Uh, I warned you about uh, Bill Barr when he came out with when remember when Democrats were just beside themselves after the Mueller report was given to Barr and Barr puts out this four page memo saying, uh, oh, he, he didn't do anything. He's been exonerated by all of this. He committed no crimes. I was telling people, no, get out of the doldrums. That's a four page letter from Bill Barr, who is a liar, who has a background as a liar. Let's wait and see what the actual report says. Well, now we know what the actual report says. And yes, Donald Trump did commit crimes. Uh, And yes, I've been warning you about hand marked paper ballots for longer than I even want to mention here. Um, But so we do know how. We just have to take action to do it and we have to stop being frightened and we have to stop, you know, going into gunfights with plastic knives. We have to go on uh, the offensive and by standing up for this country, we have to give voters something to vote for rather than only something to vote against. And we have to get rid of this idea that you heard slip in there from Clinton again. Oh, I don't want to scare anybody. This is one of the reasons I have heard for the past 15 years from Democrats. Oh, if we talk about the vulnerabilities of our voting systems, that will scare people and they won't vote. They'll be scared, I guess, to vote. The people that I talk to about these problems over the past 15 years, when I point out the vulnerabilities in our voting systems, For the most part, they get hopping mad and they want to do something about it and they want to protect our elections and they want to vote. They want to protect their own vote any goddamn way that they can. So, yeah, please, Madam Secretary, please do scare people, scare them by telling them the truth. Donald Trump's own FBI director is telling uh, them the truth or at least his version of it. I think you can, too. Quick break, and we are back with Desi Doyen, and uh, she will tell you the truth in her latest Green News report. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Five major corporations now control more than 80 percent of the media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100 percent independent, 100 percent listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. You can make a difference. Support independent media. Drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. You know what else? Uh, you know what I haven't even talked about. Uh, what? Doing? what Robert Mueller had to say about voter registration systems oh, yeah. and the vulnerability of those systems that even Marco Rubio in Florida is finally correctly beginning to freak out about as he should. But that, too, we'll have to wait for another day because we have to get to our latest Green News report. It's hard to argue that there's anything more important facing this country this generation today, and and more importantly, every generation that follows. Climate action is now a major plank for Beto and Booker in the 2020 Democratic presidential primary. New polls shows climate change is a top issue for voters. Jakarta and Washington, D.C. grapple with rising sea levels. Plus... Today's bill says... 
know-how, no way are you going to drill off the coast of Long Island and New York. It's not going to happen as long as we are in charge of this state. New York State bans offshore drilling and plastic bags. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Unfortunately, we have a federal government that perpetuates the state of denial. They got to do something for a living, Governor Cuomo. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, there has been so much going on on so many fronts, we have not even been able to keep our eyes on the continuing flooding going on in the upper Midwest. Yes, unfortunately, a new round of storms in the upper Midwest has brought a new round of flooding to communities that were hit by floods just last month. A major levee failure on Wednesday flooded downtown Davenport, Iowa, with several feet of water and forcing evacuations. But levees won't help the city of Jakarta, the capital of Indonesia. The Indonesian government this week announced that it is developing plans to relocate its capital out of the city of Jakarta and rebuild it in a new location because Jakarta is sinking. Mm. It's the fastest sinking city in the world because of subsidence and rising sea levels. At current rates, Jakarta is projected to be mostly underwater by 2050. And when they move Jakarta, they're going to have to move it into the rainforest, uh, destroying rainforest, making climate change even worse in the bargain. There aren't really any good solutions here. No, there aren't. Get used to it. In politics, climate change is now officially a major plank of the 2020 Democratic presidential primary race. Several candidates have released progressive climate action platforms. This week, former Texas Congressman and Democratic hopeful Beto O'Rourke rolled out a broad and ambitious climate policy that includes mobilizing $5 trillion in infrastructure investments by 2030, transitioning to clean energy, banning drilling on public lands, and leveraging the federal government's purchasing power, all to get to net zero emissions by 2050. Five trillion with a T? Yep. Here he is on MSNBC. We cannot do this by half measure or by only half of us. It can't be Democrats versus Republicans, big cities versus small towns. We all have a shared interest in a cleaner future for this country. Good for him for telling it like it is. It is going to cost trillions of dollars. But that's less than what it will cost if we don't take action. Also this week, 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey unveiled his environmental justice policy plan, calling environmental inequality a key civil rights issue that is also a massive public health problem. He noted that data shows that low-income and marginalized communities disproportionately bear the brunt of pollution in the United States with higher rates of birth defects and autism. Booker's plan would invest in upgrading the the nation's infrastructure, tightening pollution standards, and making polluters pay. Many people are not paying the full cost of the production of their product, and we've got to change that. And, and so I, I'm going to make sure that we, number one, have infrastructure investments to secure clean water, and number two, we hold polluters accountable. Not paying the full cost for the production of their product, meaning they get to pollute for free and we get to pay to clean it up. Exactly. And for the first time, voters ranked climate change as their number one top issue, at least among Democratic primary voters. That's according to a new national poll by CNN. CNN's poll found 82 percent of Democratic primary voters say climate change is very important to them. 
that even beats healthcare? Yeah. Wow. And more action is unfolding around the country. The City Council of Washington, D.C. has adopted a new resilience plan that calls for retrofitting or removing all flood-prone buildings by 2050. They are the first major U.S. city to set such a policy. Can't we just move them to the rainforest? Nevada's Democratic governor has signed a bill requiring Nevada's electricity companies to get half of their energy from renewable sources by 2030. Maine this week became the first state to ban single-use plastic foam containers. Man, is it nice to have Governor Paul LePage gone. And finally, in New York State, Governor Andrew Cuomo signed into law a measure banning offshore drilling in state waters and prohibit state agencies from permitting pipelines or any other infrastructure that might help facilitate offshore drilling. It's a preemptive effort to block President Trump's plans to expand offshore drilling to all U.S. coastal waters And at the same time, New York Governor Cuomo signed into law a statewide plastic bag ban. Good for him. Good for the Empire State. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planetwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. I'm in a New York state of mind. Now, Desi, why was Billy Joel actually at the signing, sitting at the table with Governor Andrew Cuomo in that thing? He was there because he lives on Long Island. He is a Long Island native. He's also... A fisherman, a happy, happy fisherman, a uh-huh. recreational fisherman. So, you know, if you know any of his songs, you'll know that he sings about that uh, often. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Middle of the Night is one of his songs about actually going out and fishing in the middle of the night. So oh, this really? is something that really matters a lot to Billy Joel, and he's put his power behind it to and get so it done. And so all of the headlines were like, Governor Cuomo and Billy Joel <laughs> sign Clean Waters uh, clean, Act. It, and offshore drilling ban to keep the right. New York Long Island sound clean. Which reminds me of the old uh, New York Post parody that came out years ago when I lived in New York. And it said, uh, uh, nuclear war begins, millions and Michael Jackson killed. (laughs) Kind of like that. Yes, very similar. All right. Anyway, thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Well done. You got through a lot of uh, items there in that particular Green News report. Uh, I'm sure you're all caught up now. (laughs) I wish. Uh, And we haven't even talked about uh, what Donald Trump did concerning offshore drilling himself today, but we'll leave that cliffhanger (laughs) for our next thrilling edition of the Bradcast. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It is always appreciated, uh, and we are very grateful for uh, you joining us today. Uh, we're also grateful to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to make it possible for Desi and I to stay on your public airwaves. Thank you very much for that. You can drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com, where you can tell me why you are not stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. And you can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at the Brad Blog. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. In the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep through the jungle of the dark.